Here we are, another session of Winning Words. Your host, Ross Joseph here, and Winning Words is all about how we focus on what it is that people need to hear, what lifts people, what encourages people, what speaks life into people. Then today, I am so excited to have as my guest, John Jarman, who, a friend of mine, who's a performance coach, he helps people get physically and mentally better, because we all know when we feel better, we feel better holistically, sure. body, soul, and mind. And he's also, and this is the reason he's here today, he's a fellow author. So he too had a burden, and the burden he wanted to write, he wanted to put it in print, and there's a purpose. So welcome, John. Excited to have you with me. Well, Russ, thank you. I'm just excited to be here and just to have the opportunity to share this with your listeners. So yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a labor of love and yeah. this opportunity to speak to people about what is happening and the impact, the influence. One of my key words for 2022 continues to be influence. So John, let's start with this. Mm -hmm. We'll get into the book in a little bit, okay. but let's give our listing audience a bit of your background in terms of your early years, then you transitioned into a professional journey, and then we'll get into what happened that caused you to have a sense, a call that you were gonna write a book. So let's back up and okay. tell the John Jarman story. Well, it starts off here in, here in the Northwest. I grew up in, in uh, Des Moines, Renton and Kent, went to high school, graduated Lindbergh High School, um, you know, and then really didn't know what I wanted to do after high school. So I just kind of hung out there and I'll get into a little bit more of the details when we talk about the book about yep. that aspect. Um, but then I joined the Marine Corps because I wanted to coach and, and go to school and become a teacher and a coach. Hmm. Um, and that was the only way I could get money to go to school was to go into the military. Let me pause you there. Mm -hmm. Who in your life caused you to want to be like a coach? Or you want to be a coach? There must have been somebody along yep. the line. Yep. Who and was that, it? That was my track coach, uh, okay. Jerry Burkhalter. Um, he actually, my senior year in high school, he, he I would coach the freshmen while he worked with the varsity team in, our, in shot and disc. And so that was where the seed was planted yep. into the coaching area. Because he poured into yes, you, he yep, took the time yep, to care about yep, John Jarman yep. when you were a young guy yep. and that seed that he planted in you, you see, you planted that seed in lots of youth during your coaching career. I hope so. Yeah. You know, you never, you really don't know until years yeah. later, Ross. I yeah, mean, yeah, I mean, you yeah. probably don't even know some of yeah. the people you've touched yeah. in your career. Yeah. And that's the exciting thing is, you know, when I went back to Georgia, and I'll jump ahead a little bit. I went back to Georgia in December and and hadn't been there in 16 years, and I only coached there for three years. Yeah. But one of my D linemen, he put together this thing on Friday night, and we had probably 20 of the athletes there. Awesome. And we just sat, and from 5 till 1 in the morning, we shared, you know, and just to see the transformation and, the, you know, and the impact that I had on those kids' lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, then they started FaceTiming kids that couldn't make it, you know, so that was awesome. So, but, um, but yeah, Coach Burkhalter, Coach Ose, Coach Newing, all three of those are probably the biggest influences. You know, they, they're the reason why I stayed in high school because I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't go to school because I wanted to go. I mean, you know, and, and I get into that. We'll get into that a little more. You know, we didn't have a GPA back then. You just had to pass your classes, you know. So I was there just to pass classes, play football, and do some other things, which we'll talk about later. But, um, you know, joined the Marine Corps, um, got out. Um, I actually met my uh, first wife, my only wife. We, we were married for nine years. I met her in the Marine Corps. 
Um, we went back to Ohio because she was from there and, and I attended Ohio University. Um, got a bachelor's in uh, PE and then I was able to stay on at that school as a grad assistant and coached mm -hmm. a couple years under Coach Grobe who you know then moved from Ohio to Wake Forest. Um, Coach Grobe poured a lot into it. I learned, that was probably the most football I've ever learned in two, yeah. in two years. Um, and then after that, I started coaching. I went down to North Carolina, started coaching there, um, stayed there for till 2002, then moved to Georgia, coached there for a few years, and then I moved back up Over here. Over the national champion yeah, Bulldogs. Yeah, the Bulldogs, yeah. yeah. So, so I got a little Bulldog blood in me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pat myself on the back here. I picked the Bulldogs preseason <laughs> to win the title. So You picked well. You <laughs> yeah. picked well. So, um, and then I moved back home because my mom got real sick, and, and I came home one Christmas after, it was 2000, Christmas of 2003, I'd lost my dad that earlier that year. Mm. And I came home, and it was the first time I got on the plane, Ross, in 18 years, and I said, I need to stay. Mm. And so I flew back to Georgia, and I told my head coach, I said, look, I'm, I'm going home. Mm. And, you know, I didn't need to leave. I, you yeah, know, I had a great yeah. job. But it just, it was the pull, you yeah. know, and, and so I came yeah, home. You could feel it. You knew it was oh, the yeah. right thing Absolute, to do. Absolutely. Well, and, I, you know, I ended up losing my mom in, eight, in 2008. So, yeah. you know, it was a good thing. God's so, timing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of, let's talk about the early journey with the book. Mm -hmm. I read some of the material you gave me, which I appreciated. You had a, um, in your faith journey, this title, Broken and Redeemed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My perception is you were in a broken stage yep. and you're in a redeemed stage. Yep. So let's go to the early part of it in terms of your faith journey and how it equates to broken. Well, the faith journey is, is, is far, you know, I didn't really realize how broken I was until I started that journey yeah. and getting help with counseling with yeah. Christina, yeah. Um, you know, and, and cause you just, you know, I never really looked back um, and saw the effects of, of the trauma and everything. And, and, you know, really didn't even realize I was a victim yeah. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my faith journey really didn't start until I moved to Georgia and I started getting involved with the FCA. Fellowship of um, Christian Athletes. Fellowship of Christian wonderful, Athletes. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, they had a chapter at the school. Yep. Um, and when I came back up here, one of my assistant coaches runs a, a church in Kent. And so I started going to church at his place. Um, we actually started a, a Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, huddle, huddle on the Kent Meridian campus when I was awesome. there. Awesome, awesome. Um, and so, you know, that's where it really got going. But I will say this, even though I started understanding faith and gospel more i didn't walk i was still walking in the darkness you know and 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 you know paul says in romans you know i want to do what's right but i can i can't i, I always do what i don't want to do and and so you know that's what i was doing you know so i really you know i look at that time in my life it was growth but i didn't have a leader didn't have anybody discipling me and so i was just i was kind of wandering i would suggest to you that you had a leader and it was God's voice. Okay, yeah. Now, and in that, there are times when we we know when we hear God's voice and we yes. just know it. Yes. No doubt. But during those early stages of our faith development, yeah. we're getting messaging, but we're all we're tr we're having to filter it through what we've been listening through right. for years, right. sometimes for decades, and sometimes that messaging that God wants us to get. We only get it because we realize we're in a midst of change. Right. We don't know it at the time. Right. So continue. So well, and, and to go on your note, I'll go back to my Marine Corps. So 2000, or excuse me, 1986, New Year's Eve that year, I'm at a party because when I was in high school, I did drugs, I yeah, party yeah, and everything yeah, like yeah. that. 
Um, and I'm at a party and I'm looking around and I'm like, there's got to be more to life than this. Mm. And Ross, I got up and I walked out. Yeah, you are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you and can so, feel it early. Yep. And so three days later, I'm in a recruiting office going, I need to get out of here. And the recruiter's mm. like, did you commit a crime? And I'm like, yeah, but I never got caught. <laughs> you know, and that was what saved my life, Ross. Yeah. I mean, it really yeah. did. It, yeah, yeah, I probably yeah. would have been dead or in jail had wow. that not happened. And wow, that's, wow, you know. Wow. I don't, looking back on it, yeah, that's the spirit talking to me, and he, yeah. he made it happen, but when it happens, you, I, I just, it was a, something hit me, yeah. and you know, you don't realize what it yeah, is, yeah. so. So, during these counseling sessions, mm -hmm. you poured into your counselor, yep. and she revealed back to you what she, you were telling her. Yes, well, you know, here's the thing, when I moved back up here, I started realizing that I had a pattern of self-destruction. Mm. Okay, so I'd move, I'd get to a football program, and I'll just use this example, and we'd turn the program around, and then something would happen and cause me to leave the school. Well, mm. at the time, I didn't realize it, but now looking back on it, I caused the self-destruction, mm. you know, because it was just the pattern. I'd get to yeah. a certain point of success and go, I don't deserve this. I don't need, mm. you know, and that was my thinking. Wow. And so, because of my upbringing. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, when I got up here and I saw that pattern start again, I said, I can't let this happen again yeah. because I recognized it, yeah. okay? And I said, I need to find somebody who can help me. And so I just opened up, I Googled mm. counseling in Tacoma. Yeah. And the first guy I called, he wasn't taking patients. Second person was Christina Holland and she saved my life. Mm. She was taking patients and I spent 10 years with her. And, and wow. you know, during those sessions, you know, it, it's, it's the self-examination that I talk about in my book yeah, yeah, yeah. that you've got to be willing to go there but you need somebody that can help you on the way. So that, yes, and, and, and God never intended that we should do life alone. Correct. God's intention is that, yep. and I've always felt like when it says in the word that God is love, mm -hmm. God is love in many instances through people. Yes. Key people he puts in our lives. Yep. So for you, it was Christina. Absolutely. And Firstly. 10 years of conversation, uh, if I was a fly on the wall, so to speak, you mean during the course of those 10 years, but let's get to the part of the book. Okay. Out of those conversations, mm -hmm. a seed was planted. Yep. And the seed was, there's something here I have to tell other people about. Actually, it was Christina. Okay. She looked at me and said, you need to write a book. Yeah. And I laughed. Yeah. I was like, no one's going to read my story. It's not that interesting. <laughs> you know, because my story, you know, there's, and I tell people all the time since the book is almost ready to be published. You know, because they always ask me and I say my, my answer to them when they ask the question of, you know, how did you write the book or what planted the seed? It's it's she, Christina saying that and then me looking at my story because my story's not unique. There's people that have been down the certainly, same road. Certainly. People that have had worse stories. There are people in our listening audience yes. today can resonate with yep. what you're speaking about right now. I mean, there's a common journey, too, I think, that in too many cases we live with ourselves even though we're not happy with right. who we are, like right. you identified this pattern yep. of self-destruction. Yep. Who wants to self-destruct? Right. No one right. does, but yet we do. Yep. And unfortunately, in too many cases, we live with it 
and we live it as it is right. and we don't right. need to and we don't because we don't recognize it i think ross and, yep. and that's where the self-examination with the counselor yep. it can help you know I, there were times when i was in that in those counseling and pre-counseling i couldn't look myself in the mirror because mm. i didn't like the person looking yeah. back at me you yeah. know and that's tough hard um but you know christina said hey john you need to write a book and i went okay yeah right and so i started sharing that with some people that were close to me yeah and they're like yeah you need to write a book because i shared a little bit of the story and so i started writing in 2014 actually and um you know Here we are 2020 let's pause 22. there let's pause there <laughs> um in life we want to do things we want to do them now writing a book is a journey in itself yes sir so here we're talking about a seven year span yep. started in 2014 and here we are so along that journey mm -hmm. um i know at one point you were kind of like put it on the shelf uncertain about where to go with yep. it so was that still in the broken stage that was, was you know i think it was in the be in between stage okay. that was okay. the and stage yeah there you go that's a broken <laughs> okay. and yeah. that's a great that's, way to say that's it. that's the and i stage. love that huh? um, an and stage yeah that's the and stage yeah. because um you know i just i really wasn't sure where to take the book the first five chapters were done and yep. it's kind of funny when i was looking at your book um uh miss hall Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. and then um, Tiffany, she worked at Life Center. Tiffany, I can't remember Tiffany's last name. Okay. Anyhow, okay. they helped me kind of formulate a little bit and outline the book. Yep. But then it just, I just, I was like, where do I go? I didn't have the yeah. knowledge. I was, yeah. And so I was like, you know what? And then my business was going. I had two gyms I was running. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, I, I can't do this right now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just put it on the shelf. Um, and then lo and behold, in 2018, I'm working with Christina and she freed me. I mean, literally the session, Ross, I walked out, I sat in my car and I sat down for a minute and I went, I'm free. And I went back into her office. I said, I'm never coming back. She goes, what do mm. you mean? I said, you freed me. I said, I'm done. Wow. The weight was lifted off this, the yeah. shame, the guilt, yeah, all that yeah, stuff yeah, I was yeah, carrying yeah. For, for years and years was gone. So you were in that, that and stage you're talking mm -hmm. about, but you were heading towards redeem Absolutely. and the realization I, yes. that you're not the same person. Yes that you were yep and that was with christina and scotty kessler's help yeah. you know you know yeah. you know scotty yeah, certainly and i mean i'm his disciple and i mean i like yep. i owe that man a, a ton and i owe her a, both of them a ton yeah um and you know that's where i started looking at my relationship with god is that moment and i said i need to know more and so i went to scotty and i said i'm i said i'm getting this pounding by the spirit to go to seminary yeah. Oh. Okay. And more so, education. More yeah. education. And he goes, why? And I said, because I need, I want to know behind the words. Mm. I want to get deeper into the words myself. Yeah, that's good. You know, and hunger, when I told hunger, people, hunger. I, when I told people that, they said, are you going to be a minister? And I'm like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's up to him. Yeah, he yeah. wants me to preach the gospel. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, preach yeah, the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here I am. Good. Um, but anyhow, I talked to Scotty and he's like, well, there's a seminary right here in Tacoma. And I'm like, what? And so I enrolled in Faith Seminary yep. um, and started taking classes. And, and, you know, here's, I love to share in this story because I was not an Old Testament reader. I used to call the Old Testament the dark side of the Bible. Yeah. Okay. And this is how God works. Yeah. First class, Old Testament reviews. <laughs> God knew exactly where you want. He, <laughs> he said, he wanted you there. He said, we're going to teach oh, you this. That's so and, good. And, and I have an Old Testament verse tattooed on my arm now, Ross. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny how that works. But so I went to seminary. And then um, in 2000, um, let's see, in 2019, right before COVID hit, I got 
um, hired on at Fircrest to, to run their fitness center. So right. I had two gyms again. Yep. So I kind of withdrew from seminary because I didn't have really the pay, the bandwidth to do everything because there's yep. a lot of work in master's programs, sure. a lot of reading, a lot of writing. I've done it. And so I said, I'm going to hold on to this for a little bit. And um, then in, in 2020, February 2020, so almost a year ago, and uh, I was reading one morning in a book. Uh, A.J. Swoboda is one of my favorite authors. It's yes. his first book. Yes, you and I have it's talked called, about yep, A.J. before. Yep, yep, and it's called Messy. And in that book, he's talking about, he, it's his very first book, and he's talking about doing the will of God. He said, you know, God didn't show him if anybody would read his book or buy his book. He just said he had to write it. And I read that, and I went, okay. And then later that morning, I was getting ready to do my daily bread post in Hebrews 10.36, where it says, you must endure, you have, you have to have perseverance when you're doing God's will yeah, so yeah. that you can be rewarded. Uh, rewarded what he promised yes so good and so, so good those two things happened within an hour and i went i gotta finish the book yeah that's good that's the speaking that's of the good. holy spirit that's good. and so i said okay i'm getting ready to go to the gulf of mexico and georgia on a trip so i'm going to commit to two hours in the morning writing every day so I mean, we're better to write than sitting looking at the gulf of mexico yeah, and watching yeah, the sun yeah. come up Not bad. so so that's what i did for a week i wrote for two hours a day came back and within a week and a half i had the book finished mm. so i'd pray then i'd start writing and ross had just dumped yeah. and that's why i know it's spirit led and this yeah. book is just it's about him yeah, you know and, and i went from five chapters to, to 14 and you know the book came in let's talk about those 14 chapters mm -hmm. briefly mm -hmm. so there's five chapters that's about the brokenness it's about my childhood and growing up yep. okay yep and so for our listening audience quite likely somebody either you that's listening and or somebody that you know well in your family or your network as a person, there's someone that's in that, that's still struggling with that brokenness, yeah. or they're in that brokenness. But the good news is you don't need to stay there. You can help people right. get out of it as well. Yep. Just like you had a counselor, you had Scotty Kessler. Yep. One of the keys in life, I think, is to look around. It says in the word that we are to turn our eyes towards the hills from whence our help comes. Yes. And what that simply means is look around and see who can help, yep. what can help. And for you, so five chapters on the brokenness. And then as we make the transition to the redeemed, mm -hmm. talk briefly about that aspect of the book. Well, the, the transition is probably chapters six through I'd say 12, okay. 13, yep. um, because it, because I detail just what I was doing in my faith at that yeah, time. You wonderful. Know, and, and, you were growing. And growing, yes. And you could identify and, it. And, well, and, and, and starting to see and starting to hear the voice of God. Yeah, and, and, so good, John. And then starting to understand that I really wasn't walking in the light. I still had that sinful yeah, part of me that was yeah, still, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. and we still do. It doesn't matter where you're at in your walk. Unfortunately, sin nature doesn't exactly. leave us. It doesn't leave you. Yeah. But you start to recognize it, yeah. and you start so to good. see it, so that you don't make those mistakes anymore. I have. I don't know who said this, but as you mature in Christianity, you you're not sinless. You sin less. That's good. That's okay, good. That's and good. I just That'll love sell. that. That I love that <laughs> saying, and yeah. I and I don't even remember where I heard it. And I didn't say it myself. I wish I did, um, but but that's so that's where it went. And um, you know, my editor and I, we we wrote on chapter fourteen because she felt there needed to be. We, we created a new chapter 14. She felt there needed to be a bridge between the book and my last chapter, which I called Dear Younger Me. Dear, dear Younger Me. Dear Younger Me. So Mercy Me wrote a song. Yep. 
came out in 2015 called Dear Younger Me. It yes. spoke to me when I heard it the first yeah. time. I just Good. replayed it, replayed it, replayed it. Well, my thing was, is I needed to know from Bart, what was the message? Be, where did he get the meaning for that? Where did he, yeah. you know, where did he get the inspiration? Yep. So they were performing in Kent. And so I was dating a young lady at the time and it was her birthday around the concert. So I got a VIP pass where we got to go to the show. Yeah. Uh, one of the warm up acts saying, saying happy birthday to my girlfriend. We went backstage. You, you, you took care of some detail. Yeah, we yeah. went backstage. Yeah. Okay, and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to these people who happen to be the, men, the, the worship leaders for James McDonald's church before James had his fall. Yeah, okay. And so I kept James's teaching in my book because his teachings are valid. He just, he's sinful nature like we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I kept him in there. But anyhow, I, said, I told him what I was trying to do. And they said, well, there's Mercy's Me's road manager. Let me introduce you. And so I told him what I was trying to do. Yeah. He said, well, Bart will be here in 10 minutes. Let me see if he'll talk to you. Oh, fun. So he goes, hey, Bart will talk to you. Uh, and Ross, this is a God thing. We sat for 45 minutes and shared testimony. Uh, and I asked him where he got the inspiration. He said, my counselor told me to write a song. Oh, my And gosh. listen, my counselor told me to write a song to my son as if I was writing it to a dear younger me. Uh, and I went, that's funny. My counselor told me to write a book and I want to use that song in my book. Oh, wow. Okay? Connections. If you watch the movie, I can only imagine, you saw how Bart grew up. Yeah. Well, that's how I grew up. Some of that, I mean, and so Bart shared all that with me in 2015. Yeah, so, and, and you received that, mm -hmm. and this is the common theme. When I asked John to uh, join me today, I, I sent him our verbiage. Winning words is about lifting people. It's about encouraging people. So here you have made this connection with Bart, and his story paralleled your yep. story. Yep. And so that gave you impetus and momentum yep. Yep. to move it forward move. and get it done right well that was back in 2015 so that was, and then i set the book on the shelf right okay i just knew i wanted to use it yeah yeah. didn't yeah. know where it was going yeah yet, you yeah. know um because that's, of that it, song. that's interesting you you set it on the shelf yep. but you knew it was always there yep. and someday yep. yep it was going to be and, there. and, the, and the song's fantastic and then i closed my book with a letter to my dear younger self yeah Okay, and that dear was, younger me. Yep, my dear. That's not an me. expression you hear that no. I hear very often. Well, it's it's what would you you know in the in the lyrics it says what would you change if you could change because some of the things that you did made you who you are today. Yeah, and you know I'm not I'm not proud of everything that I did in my past. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And but but parts of my past have created the man that I am today in God. Certainly, you certainly. know, because we go through that so yeah. that God can use those in, in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so I that's, want, I want so to come back to let that. Me, let me do real quickly, the, the chapter 14, because I think this is important for our male listeners. Yep. Um, Arlen was looking for that connection between 13 and chapter Dear Younger Me. And so she goes, let's do an interview. And so she did an interview and then the next morning I'm doing my cardio and had worship music on. And I started thinking about, I was replaying the interview and I, so I called her and I said, I need the raw notes, I got an idea. Hmm. And so I took the raw notes and I put together this chapter and she, and I sent it to her and she goes, I love it. Because what it talks about is the vulnerability that we need to have. Hmm. To have the will to, to go through a self-examination and then the vulnerability you need to have to examine your heart in Christ. Because we can see evil in the world. But when you turn and look in your heart and you yeah. examine your heart and look back on your past and the transgressions that you might have made in your sinful past and everything, and then have to forget, ask for forgiveness, that's the examination I'm talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. And you need, you need somebody like a Scotty Kessler to help you through that stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. or a counselor because 
that's the self acknowledgement but you got to be vulnerable you yeah. got to be willing to do that yeah. and that's where i came and that was something that christina was trying to work on me for years and years and it was funny ross because i submitted the book to a um, publishing company that helped self-publish and their re their review of the book said they loved the vulnerability of the male author that I you know because they don't get that out of male authors that much yeah, yeah, yeah. and I took that yeah. little expert and I e emailed it to Christina I said you finally got what you wanted <laughs> <laughs> because you know it, it's the vulnerability so that's good. I don't mean to cut you off but no what, that's so, good okay great uh, mm -hmm. let's talk about mm -hmm. the byline uh -huh. the subtitle mm -hmm. finding freedom through complete surrender mm -hmm. And in our conversation leading up to today, you talked about this surrender. Mm -hmm. So finding freedom through complete surrender, that's on the cover. That's, right. that's on the wrap of the book. So talk to us about that. It, the surrender is, is so key because when I grew up, I mean, at age 12, I pulled a knife out of a drawer and told my dad I was going to kill him if he didn't quit beating my mom. Mm. Okay, so right then I took... Hard moments. Hard moments. But How old were you at that time? 12. Okay, so Ross, I took control. Yeah. Never relinquished it. Mm -hmm. Okay? Every, everything from that moment on in my life, even when I was in the military, yes, I had to listen to superior officers and stuff, but I'm, control, I'm trying to control everything. Mm -hmm. Even in my early walk with God, I tried yeah. to control it. I, I was trying to control him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I'm going to be totally honest. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I tried to, I, I want this. You know, I, don't, I used to hate when everybody said, oh, it's God's timing. No. I don't, like, I don't like God's timing. It's John's timing. It's John's timing. And so I lived with that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Till November of 2016. My business was failing. My girlfriend, who we had a true biblical relationship with for four years, and then my, my sister-in-law is in the hospital about to die. Yeah. And I'm going, what is going on? And I'm, and I'm, and I'm walking better now, and I have all this crumbling because I was, I was still trying to control things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you morning- had, You had not yet surrendered. Had not surrendered. November 22nd, 2016, 3.30 in the morning, I dropped to my knees. Mm. And I said, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I can't. And I, yeah. and I literally spent two hours on my knees, praying, reading Bible scripture, and that's when I gave up control. Mm. And at that, from that moment on, to see the hand of God in my life mm -hmm. when, we're, when we're trying to save this business and even in Jessica's death and even in the relationship I had with Leah you know just seeing the evidence once I gave up that control it was amazing and I went okay now I get it yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. now let's pause there because for our listening audience I want to edify that statement you made about being in that the necessity to not surrender, but completely surrender. Completely. You let go of what there was before yep. in faith that what's in front of you yep. is going to be different because you're going to let go. I think it, too many times in life we inflict, when you talked about self-destruction, mm -hmm. we self-inflict with memories, with recall, yep. and with repetition of what we've done before. Right. And each one of those inflictions, so to speak, mm -hmm. hurt us further. Right. Or even worse, they remind us one more time of who, what our patterns right. been. So now we're in, that, so we're in that situation of complete surrender. Who would you say? I'm gonna, the, I wanna quote AJ on, I'm, okay. not, I'm gonna paraphrase something that AJ in one of his books said. Yep. It's on that line about self-talk. Yep. And he said in one of his books, if, if if somebody, if a parent talked to a child the way we talk to ourselves sometimes, mm. it would be child abuse. Yeah. 
Okay. So good, John. And and so and when you were talking, that's the thing that came with that out of AJ's book, and and I love that part of that book because that's it's that's what it is. And so. you know when I wrote my book, Winning Words, mm. when we talk about this whole issue of reading, listening, mm -hmm. um, a lot of words come into our mind every, yes. every minute. Every minute we process, mm -hmm. but we send more messages to ourselves. Yes in the course of a 24 hour day, than we get from others. Yep. And so correcting our self-talk and being redeemed, your self-talk changed. Oh, self-talk changed, but not only that, but but you were able to see the effects of, you know, the devil's playing field is the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so, you know, during all this time, you know, when I first gave up total control, you should have heard his attacks okay because they're like it ain't gonna work you know yeah. type stuff you know and and so but you start to see that more mm -hmm. um you and, recognize and it. you recognize yeah. it and and it's yeah. easier to recognize and and then when you start hearing the voice of god more and seeing it take place it's easier to block that and to start thinking and have positive self-talk and you know good, your good, good, your good. heart you, you know psalms examine my heart take away everything that's not of me and fill it with you and that's what happens when you give up that complete mm -hmm. control because now your your heart becomes different you look at things differently you look at you, you i love more now than I ever have i grew up in a house that had no love yeah. i didn't see evidence yeah. of love ross yeah, yeah, i mean yeah. i saw violence cursing violence i didn't know what love was yeah, yeah, yeah. i do now yeah and i can i can Praise and i can god. love you Praise see what i'm god. saying Praise and that's god. where i'm that's where i go with the vulnerability and you have to have you have to get to that point to have the relationship. Yeah. And, I, and I've and i told people this that I've talked to, your relationship with God needs to be like a relationship with a spouse. It has to be unconditional, has to be totally honest, and you have to be totally vulnerable. Because yeah. if you don't do that, God wants that. Yeah. And if, and if we don't give it to him, yes, he's still gonna look at us and still fight for us, but he wants that relationship. Yeah. And that's what, we're, that's what I have now. And that's what happened in 2016. I mean, Russ, 3.30 in the morning, I'm up every day, I'm on my knees, I'm praying, and I do it every day yeah, yeah. since then. Okay, wow. and people go, how do you do? How do you get through the day? And I'm like, I give that time to God, yeah. he gets me through the day. Yeah, that's good. Okay? That's and your source. That's my source, and, yeah. and, and I don't, and I, I try to, you know, I, weekends, obviously, I don't get up at 3.30, but I'm still up very early in the morning doing that because I have to have that to stay in that relationship mm -hmm. and, and to stay surrendered. And I, I just want to pause there. Um, it's so important, and I urge young people, uh, people that are in my circle of, of influence, mm -hmm. so to speak, the importance of having a quiet time every day yep. where you feed yourself. In, and so much of a quiet time, too, I've found is you've got to give God time to speak to you. Absolutely. We have a tendency in our prayer life to do the talking, yep. and then we get busy. We go jump in the shower. We leave for work. We do whatever our daily routine calls us to do. And we don't recognize the voice of God. A disciplined time set aside not for speaking, but for listening, listening. to the voice of God. Goes you back just to said that's street. what gets you through the rest of the day. Yeah, two-way street. Yeah, exactly. You got to be able to listen. Yeah. Okay. He gave us two ears. Yeah. One mouth. Okay. <laughs> gave us two ears, one mouth. You can put so that good. in your next book. That's good. <laughs> but that's but good. You, but and 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 I tell people that because they they're like. You know, because when you become a Christian, you don't know how to pray. Yeah. You know, and that's what I love about Scotty. He's got that simple tacos prayer. It teaches you how to pray. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
you also have to learn how to listen, as you said, in your prayer life. And, and I so think important. that's the key because, and, and part of what I do now, when I start my prayer, you know, I go through tacos, but then I, I at the end of that, I, I, I ask God, what do you want me to pray for? Yeah. You tell me what you yeah, want me to pray yeah, for. Yeah. What's on your heart? Yeah. And it's amazing what comes. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's amazing that's what comes. Fantastic. You know, so we're talking today about mm-hmm. Broken and Redeemed, yep. written by John Jarman and the subtitle, Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. Uh, when you're writing the book, I know as an author, I went through this thought pattern quite a bit. Mm-hmm. What will my audience receive? Or who is my audience? And what would they, what do I need to give them? Who do you see as your audience? Well, this, this is Any fu- and everybody? <laughs> this is funny because, yeah. because I didn't even think about that when I was writing. Didn't you? No. <laughs> I would pray and it would just dump. Okay. okay. Yeah. And when I started working with Arlen and her team as, as the editor, she goes, yeah. who's your audience? And I'm like, uh, everybody. She <laughs> That's goes, good. She goes, it that can't. should sell books. She goes, it can't be. Yeah. You know, because the way the industry is. Yeah. And I said, I said, well, I said, then you tell me after you do the review. And so she does a review yeah. and she comes back and she has a sentence in there. And she goes, I usually don't say this, that, that an author's book is for everybody, but I'm going to say it here with a little smiley face. But she did classify two to audiences, and I don't remember what they okay, are right now okay. off the top Great. of my head. Great. But but basically seasoned believers who want to increase faith and anybody looking to accept Christ or something, yeah. you know. So that's but but the book truly is for everybody. I think it's a little geared more towards men. Okay. Just simply because it's written by a man. Certainly. Um, Certainly. But I think, you know, anybody can benefit from the book. I mean, somebody even at your maturity and your walk, yep. you're going to maybe take one yep. or two things out We're of the book. We're all there. Trust exactly. Me. We're all there. And so, you know, it's, you know, the book will be, I will actually have copies of the book in February. Great. The, the launch, the, the official launch date of the book is August 16th of this year. And that's when it'll hit bookstores and then it'll right. be on ebooks. April 5th, which is okay. two weeks prior to Easter, because the way the industry does it when you're doing publishing. Yeah. Um, and, and so they kind of control that avenue. And that's the interesting part that and all of the stuff I had to learn is working with a publisher. It's a whole different ballgame. So. Give us those dates again. Okay. February, I will have books. So you could go to my website, brokenandredeemed.com and okay. pre-order the book right now and I will, okay. I'll ship it to you. Um, or you can wait if you want till it goes to eBooks, April, April 5th, yep. two weeks prior to Easter. And then um, it's actually on Barnes and Noble, Amazon, anywhere books are sold. It's on there for pre-order for August 16th already. So okay. you could go to any of those sites as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you won't get the book. If you go to them, you won't get the book till August 16th. So Before we close, mm-hmm. one more question. Absolutely. When you look back at the writing process mm-hmm. from where you are thinking about, you need to tell the story from Christina's standpoint, what did you learn most? What was the greatest revelation after you got it done? You know, for me, it was such a healing process. And I think that's part of what Christina was going for when she yep. told me to write yeah, yeah, the book. Yeah. Yep. Um, because it was really a closure to to getting rid of my past yeah, and being fully redeemed. Wonderful. Um, and I just felt, when I, when I finished the book, I text a friend who had, for years, as it was sitting on the shelf, would always text me, hey, how's the book going? Yeah. It's on the shelf. And so when I finished it, she was the first person I text. And I said, oh, I'm wow. done. And she goes, what? And then she goes, how do you feel? And I said, naked. Because, because my whole story is <laughs> put there. it out there. Yeah. yeah. I put it out there. And yeah. so, you know, people are like, aren't you afraid to talk? I'm like, no, because it's in the book. Yeah. Now, everything's not in the book. My yeah. whole life's not in the book. Yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah. there's, yeah. it's a highlight. There's and pieces. It, it's pieces enough to where you understand yeah. where I came yeah. from yeah. and what God, here's the thing that what God's done. And Ross, I'll tell you, when they gave me the cover design initially, it said broken and redeemed, finding freedom to 
through complete surrender, and then my name's dead center in the t- cover, yeah. and in font almost bigger than the title. And I, I, I emailed the editor and I said, "This ain't gonna work." I said, "This isn't about me. It's about God. Yeah. You need to put me at the bottom of the book, yeah. shrink my name because I need to decrease so he can increase." Yeah, that's and that's good. exactly what I told the editor because that's when good. I looked at that cover, the first thing that stu- jumped out was my name, and I, yeah. uh-uh, that's it's not about me. That's it's good. about what God's that's done good. for that's me. Good. So. So. Well, John, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. This is exciting. I, I'll be prayerful for the audience that uh, listens to this and then has the opportunity to get the book. I would venture to say, with some degree, a lot of boldness, that most of our listening audience has a story, has, a, has part of life yep. where they were broken. Yep. They're in that brokenness. But the good news of the gospel of Jesus yep. is the redemption. The redemption is a part of his promise. Yep. So God, thanks for, John, for sharing this with us. Hang on just a sec. I got a gift for you. Oh, you've got a gift for you. Yep, for having me on the show. Oh. You, get, you get a Broken Redeemed coffee. Oh, book. thank you. Yeah, so. Wow, that's a so, blessing. Yeah. I appreciate so it. They're well done. Little, yeah, they turned out good. So. Great. So. Well, for our audience, thanks again for being yeah. with us on yet another session of Winning Words, where we speak life to influence others. This is going to be... Uh, the uh, yet another opportunity that we've had to share what's happened in the life of a man here, John Jarman, and to hear his story and now to be able to read it in print coming in the weeks and months ahead. So thanks again for being with us. Uh, We appreciate the listening audience and uh, we just pray and we hope that this session has been of encouragement, has lifted someone's spirit, and most importantly, has given direction to people that you don't have to live in a state of brokenness. There's redemption, and with redemption comes real life. Thanks again, John. Thanks for having me, Ross. I really appreciate it. God's very best to you all.